Hello, we're the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and each week I'll be joined by one of my fellow pros to pick apart various PR and marketing topics, demystify the jargon, and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. Occasionally, we'll be bringing on some special guests for bonus episodes. You can find all the latest episodes and keep in touch with us at adpr.co.uk or find us on all the socials. You can find the handles in our bio. So grab your cuppa and join us and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. And welcome back to the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and this week I'm joined by the incredible Emma Britton. Hello, Emma. Hi, Jenny. Hi. And we're going to be talking about radio interviews um, and what makes a great broadcast story from a journalist perspective. You know, we've done this very much from our agency PR perspective, but it's really great to have Emma here to talk about it from a journalist's point of view. So a bit of background on Emma. Emma is a celebrant, an event host, and she's a former radio presenter. So she has over 10 years experience as a BBC local radio presenter and has had her own weekday shows on both BBC Radio Bristol and BBC Somerset. Um, She's also appeared on BBC Radio 4, BBC Points West and Inside Out West. Um, Emma is known for her sense of humour, her empathy, (laughs) her fair interviewing skills and for not being afraid to ask the important questions. So as you can see, she's an absolute perfect guest for this subject with lots of experience from her uh, broadcast past. So Emma, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're really welcome. And I'm I'm just really keen to share my experience of being the interviewer. So mm. sitting behind that main mic, because I've interviewed probably thousands of people over the sort of years I was a broadcaster and had many, many different experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Looking forward to hearing some of those. Um, so, and we know, you know, I'm sure I don't need to tell you this, but um for listeners, radio is is brilliant for both local and nationwide awareness it's yeah. great for brand positioning thought leadership but it's so important that you get it right isn't it and you you offer the best stories and also the the best people for the job um for journalists in there yeah listeners. Ab- absolutely jenny because uh, as when i was a presenter i would receive you know tens of emails every day press releases um speculative approaches people just chancing their arm you know mm. and i'll be honest it was very much about the way in which that approach was made as to whether or not it caught my eye because when you are receiving so many possible interview opportunities there are some that you immediately look at and think no i'd rather poke myself in the eye <laughs> and there's some that you'd look at and think oh that would make great radio so it's you know it's that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> and what are the stories that made you stop in your tracks and think, you know, I must, I must speak to this person and I must cover this story? Yeah, the the radio market is huge nowadays, and and so you need to make compelling radio or entertaining radio, engaging radio. 
it's not coffee mornings and jumble sales anymore. Mm. I'll be really honest. When I first joined the BBC, it was a little bit like that. It was quite parochial, you know, and and here's Fred talking about what he's grown in his garden this week. You know, radio <laughs> has changed massively. So um, it's a little bit more fast moving and it has to be more current. And but ultimately, when people are listening to radio, they tend to be doing something else, mm. driving, uh, getting the children ready for school at work um, Mm -hmm. if they're allowed to have the radio at work or working from home or maybe you know exercising they've got you in your ears even people used to write to me and tell me they listen to me in the shower which I thought was a little (laughs) bit too much information but people are always doing something else so that's why when you are you know delivering a story on the radio it needs to engage people in some way Mm -hmm. now that doesn't mean to say every story needs to be the most exciting thing that's ever happened in Somerset or indeed the world (laughs) but it needs to be engaging um human interest is people like hearing about people we are generally quite nosy as a species so we want to hear from real people who sound like us um we want to be informed, you know, if something catches our ear that we think, oh, actually, I'm interested in that. They're talking about, um, you know, the latest way they test for a certain type of cancer. And there's been yeah. someone in my family who's had that. I want to hear about that. Or, you know, the council have decided to change what day they they collect your bins. Everybody wants to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. God, bins, very contentious subject, <laughs> oh, isn't it? Everybody but, wants to um, know about the bins. It needs to engage people. It mustn't mm. be bland. It mustn't be better. Age, it needs to engage. Oh, yeah. gosh, that sounded like a strap line, didn't it? Oh, it, wasn't it did. Oh, <laughs> oh such a page. You must engage. I'm sorry, that's really that's terrible. Great. No, that's okay. I'm scribbling it down. <laughs> you can have um, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's very true. We, um, when we're talking to brands and clients, a lot where so much we talk about the people stories, it's all yes. about um, telling those stories well and having, yeah, the, the, the interest stories that that people can relate to. Um, and that's so much more than popping on maybe a chief executive. Um, no offence to chief. I know some very lovely chief executives <laughs> who make wonderful <laughs> guests, but but sometimes it depends on what you're trying to, um, what your story is. But, yeah. you know, sometimes it really would help if it was more of a real person rather than a formal, you know, title or, you know, board of trustee member or, yeah. you know, um, real people stories really do engage. That, that doesn't mean to say you don't interview those people in, of position. Absolutely you do. But it depends what your story is, I think. Yeah. But some of my most memorable radio guests will have been um, ordinary people who perhaps maybe didn't have something that they wanted to plug or promote. And then bear in mm-hmm. mind, I worked for the BBC, so plugging and promoting wasn't allowed. But yeah. if you had the opportunity to be a guest on a radio show on the BBC, if you get it right... It's not about plugging or promoting. It's about raising your brand awareness in the community that yeah. you are working in and also being the kind of person that people want to buy from, you know? Mm. And you can do that without saying how much your services are or what days of the week you're open or everyone yeah. thinks in order to get a plug on the radio, you have to say your website address and where your business <laughs> is. Oh, I'm from, you know, Emma Britton yeah. Tires and I'm on, I'm on, on the high street in Chipping Norton. You know, you don't, you don't need to do that. You mm-hmm. need to be engaging because people want to buy from you. Yeah. And we, we, we talk a lot about that as well. And we have um, previous episodes 
people can listen to about purpose and what your purpose is yes. as a company. And that's what people buy into, you know, the the why rather than what you do and how you do it. It's the why you do it. And that's what people really buy into, don't they? I certainly do. I certainly go to a company where I feel aligned with their values or yeah. I just, yeah, I heard them on the radio and I thought they were hilarious or they they had a lovely story to tell. And it really sticks with me more so than like you said, the this is their website. This is Absolutely. what they sell. Absolutely. Let, let me tell you about Scott Jegman because he's my favourite <laughs> story when it comes to how to get the best out of being on the radio. I'm looking forward to this. So Scott Jegman, <laughs> um, I, I, his name is Peter. He's a lovely man. Anyway, um, in COVID, and I can't remember when this was, but do you remember the time when the government announced if you wanted to go into a pub, you could only do it if you were having a substantial meal? Yes, yes. Yeah? Yeah. So hence came out Scotch Egg Gate, because I think it was the <laughs> Chancellor or someone like that, you know, said that a Scotch Egg was a substantial meal or wasn't a substantial <laughs> Anyway, everyone was talking about Scotch Egg, Scotch Eggs this, Scotch Eggs that. So in radio, and, and I presented the breakfast show at BBC Radio Bristol for the last five years of my career. So so a big city station, you know, big mm-hmm. audience, really wide, uh, like, you know, we broadcast to an area of about a million people. A million people didn't listen, mind you, but, you know, that was our <laughs> broadcast area. Um, anyway, so, you know, we're in our team meetings, all working from home after the show and everything. And we're like, we've got to do something about Scotch eggs because everyone's talking about <laughs> Scotch eggs. This is how it goes in radio. Yeah. Um, I found a Scotch egg man, said someone. I've, I found a man, he makes Scotch eggs. Uh, he's in our patch. Uh, let's get him on. So this is the kind of way it normally <laughs> happened, you know. So um, we got Scotch egg man on Peter the following morning. And do you know what? He was brilliant. And why was he brilliant? Well, because first of all, he was a great talker. He was engaging. He was upbeat. He was funny. He, mm. he, he went on board with what we were trying to do. And he was like, well, Emma, I'm telling you now, if you ever came in front of one of my Scotch eggs, you would find it totally substantial. You know, <laughs> but, you know oh, he had a bit of cheek and a bit of charm <laughs> yeah. and things like that. I don't think he wants gave the name of his company, nor did he plug his website, what farmer's markets he was going to be at, where you could buy from him. He didn't do that once. I think the only mention, and this is how it would normally work in the BBC, I would mm. introduce as Peter's with us from Nuts Scotch Eggs in Western Supermare. Literally, that, yeah. that passing mention. And he was brilliant. We loved him. And he was so engaging and fun. And it made a great item. That was it. Move on. Mm-hmm. A couple of days later, I got a message from Peter saying, Emma, you won't believe it, he said, but I've never sold as many Scotch eggs as I have in the last (laughs) week. He said, it must have been being on your show. And I said to him, I'm sure it's not because you were so good. It wasn't a blatant advert. Yeah. But but it was the way he was engaging, you know. He didn't try and plug his business. He joined in with us. We had fun. And um, yeah, really, really interesting, actually. And I always refer to Peter's story because he was the perfect, perfect guest. Um, We went to him. Now, on the flip side of that, if Peter had thought about it, when Scott Jeggs hit the news, because that's quite a niche market. (laughs) It is quite. I mean, if I made Scott Jeggs and Scott Jeggs were in the news, I'd be ringing up my local radio station saying, hi, I make Scotch eggs. I make 3,000 a week. Do you want to talk to me? Yeah. Um, Because it can work that way as well. So Mm. if you're in the kind of 
market that for whatever reason is making headlines, um, then, you know, get, get involved, you know, and, and put yourself forward. So my main work now is as a, as a celebrant, I conduct ceremonies. Mm. So if, for example, tomorrow, you know, a new rule came out that you could only have, you know, three people and a dog at your wedding um, because of some, you know, crazy COVID rule or something, yeah. then I would be like, yeah, I can talk about that. You know, I can talk yeah. about, you know, how a small ceremony can be just as significant as a large ceremony, how it's great to have your dog at the wedding. You know, I mm-hmm. can do that. So it works both ways, both ways for your business. You can be approached and you can approach. Now, just back to Peter, because mm-hmm. we knew Peter was brilliant. Next time we wanted someone to talk about farmers markets, the reopening of, yeah. or next time we wanted a good person who we knew had great energy, who lived in Western Supermare, my team were like, we need to ring Scott Jagman. He was great. <laughs> and then they'll come back to you. You'll become yeah. a regular guest, a contributor. Um, and who, who knows where that will lead? And it's all done just by being yourself and being authentic. Yeah, that's a great story. And a re- and. And a really good example, exactly as you say, it's sort of building up that brand profile without it being this awful sort of sales push. It's very much, as you say, about the personality and people buy into that. And yeah, I've I've seen it happen. And it happens with (laughs) other parts of the media as well, you know, with with print, with with anything. If, If you've got a really good, engaging person who can tell a good story, people will keep coming back. And, you know, the and I'm sure, yeah, your audience... Loved him. Sounds like he was great. <laughs> <laughs> we have um, a, another person um, that comes to mind. He's actually become a very good friend of mine now. He's called Addy Williams, and he's a community pharmacist in Bedminster and Bristol. And we interviewed Addy when we did a week about men's health. And um, one of my team had, had come across him because he's very passionate about community health. He, his pharmacy is next door to a big pub chain and he'll take his blood pressure machine in there and like chat to the old boys with their pint at like 10 in the morning and take their blood pressure. You know, he's lovely. Mm. Anyway, Addy was so engaging on the radio and, and and he's a pharmacist. He doesn't need to really promote his business. He's, he's a, you know, he's a vital service, mm. but he was so engaging that he became a regular contributor and He's now gone on to do huge things in the media. You know, he was uh, on one of the huge NHS poster campaigns. Mm -hmm. He became Community Pharmacist of the Year. He's just been awarded an MBE. Now, none of those things are because he appeared on my show. I'd just like to make that very clear. (laughs) Oh, you don't know. He would probably say that that because he's a very generous (laughs) human being. But he'll say to me, people will come into his pharmacy and they'll go, ooh, Addy, heard you on the radio this morning. That was good Mm -hmm. what you were talking about, you know, and all that kind of thing. And his profile built because he was a perfect guest. He was engaging, Mm -hmm. warm, authentic. He wasn't trying to push an agenda. And so as a result, you know, his regularity of appearance in the media, TV and radio and online and writing just went stratospheric. It really did. Yeah. That's amazing. And it, and it's, it goes to show, doesn't it? It's um, where we talked earlier about, it's not necessarily, um, your most senior person that you need to Mm. put onto a show or put forward for a show. It can be, yeah, you could have someone on the front line at the coalface who's absolutely got the personality for you to, and the knowledge, and often they have the, that knowledge, don't they? Very specific customer service knowledge that can go on and be interviewed and just um, absolutely blow the audience away. Cause that's, and that's what often we talk to, 
companies and brands about is you've got to remember that you're talking to an audience and that is also the journalist's role is to be bringing great stories to that audience. It's, yeah, we it's, make radio, well, I used to make radio for the listeners, not for anyone else. Exactly. Not, not for my ego, not for my station editor, not for the director general of the BBC, for the listener. If you yeah. weren't putting the listener at the heart of everything you did, you were in radio for the wrong reasons. But at some stories, say it's quite controversial or it's about strategy or it's um, high level, then you would need to put someone senior up. I'm not saying yeah. that senior yeah. people don't make great guests, but but choose your guests carefully according to the story you're offering or being asked to do and what you want to get out of it. So you could have the best, most engaging chief executive ever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they might work for everything you do, but you might want to save them for what And it's the, you know, it's the real high level stuff or if it's stuff where people you're expecting to be held to account. Because quite often um, people working on the front line or the coalface, as we like to say, um, they're nervous of radio interviews because they think they're going to be taken to task or held to account. Mm. But, you know, if you're talking about a new service, a new counselling service that um, offers support to people who have struggled since the pandemic or whatever, they want to hear from a, the real person they're going to be sitting yeah. next to. They don't want to hear from the chief executive. So it's about picking your person for your particular interview opportunity. Yeah, very good advice. Very good advice. And on the more um, sort of practical mm-hmm. side of things, and um, what difference, so a bit of advice for people who are listening that don't really know the difference between the formats and how that can make a difference to the interview. So for example, if it's, a pre-recorded interview or if it's live or if it's part of a chat show or part of a news bulletin um you know what what's the difference and how will that differ to to their experience of going on the radio this will probably come as a surprise to most people but my absolute um golden rule is live is easier mm. now. People will be freaking out, going, "No, I can't possibly do it live." <laughs> oh no, I couldn't. Oh no, I make a mistake. Oh no, oh, no, no, no. But in my experience, having interviewed all those many thousands of people, um, when it's live, you don't make as many mistakes because you know you can't. Mm. When it's pre-recorded, literally, people will say their first answer and go, "Oh no, oh god, no, 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 sorry, I didn't mean that. Can we start again?" Well, you can't yeah. say, "Can we start again?" When it's live. The other advantage to doing live interviews is that they can't be edited, right? Yeah. So you think pre-recorded is good, but actually when you pre-record, you are then at the mercy of being edited. Now, mm-hmm. um, at the BBC, you never edit anyone to sound as though they're saying anything they shouldn't. Um, but, you know, I can't vouch for other aspects of the media. So if you say just three or four words, a sound bite that they want, that edit could be taken out of context. Mm. And that would be something to be mindful of if you were talking about a controversial subject. Yeah. Um, pre-recording gives you more freedom. Say, for example, you own a factory and a journalist comes along and wants a tour of your factory. That would be quite difficult logistically and technically to do live. Mm -hmm. Um, So pre-record would be better. But again, you you know, it will be edited, but actually, you know, there's nothing controversial about that. Um, So there are pros and cons to each. But I would say, um, in my experience, most people shy away from live. And in local radio, which and, and national, actually, often 
if it's topical or news related, you are booked at quite short notice. Yeah. So you need to be prepared for that. So when they ring you at four o'clock on Thursday afternoon and say, can you be on the radio at 7.15 tomorrow? The worst thing you can say is, oh no, I need more time to prepare. Because all mm. they'll do is they'll go and find another company, business, product, service, yeah. and do it. So um, that will always be short notice. So that's not unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that um, one of my biggest bugbears when I was working as a broadcast journalist would, would people would approach you with a press release or an approach or an email or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you would ring them up and say, love what you've sent in. Could you be on the radio tomorrow? And they go, oh, no, no, um, no, we haven't got anyone to put up. And it's like, well, yeah. why did you send the press release? <laughs> it's all you've, what did you think? I was going to sit there and just read the whole thing out on the radio tomorrow morning. <laughs> you know? it, and that whole, oh, no, we don't want to put anyone up. It's like, yeah. well, you've approached the wrong people, you know? So yeah. um, that's I think, really important. <laughs> yeah. And I think a, a big part of that is knowing who you're pitching that story to isn't it yeah, being we I know we had a little bit of a chat earlier in terms of people who maybe um just blast out press releases or yes. pitch pitch everywhere and don't really know where they're pitching to I mean it's so important to understand um and know the format of that particular radio station or you know if it's a print piece whatever it is or a tv placement it's it's so important to know how they usually run their stories and what the format is. Oh, and, without a doubt. And, because, it, yeah, as you say, if they knew, then they would they would know that you couldn't send in a press release and that you would just read it out because that's not what you do. <laughs> and I remember some, I mean, there are some large-scale national PR companies that, that just tout for radio interviews all the mm. time. I never use them because in my mind, the principles of the BBC, you know, you don't advertise, there's no commercial yeah. plugging or anything like that. And they would phone you up and they would be persistent. They were relentless. Emma, Emma, we've got we've got Gloria Hunniford for you. She'll talk about um, how, you know, more and more people are feeling lonely um, and how they're, you know, how we really should reach out to our neighbours. And I go, oh, wow, that sounds wonderful. And then I had two questions for them. So what's the local connection? And they go, um... Well, I'm sure there are lonely people in Somerset. And then the, the all important question, what you plug in? Oh, well, we'd only be looking for one mention of Bailey's Irish cream, just the one mention. And it's just like, no, no, absolutely not. Because it's just, I mean, radio stations must take these interviews because these, these companies exist. But personally for yeah. me, I wasn't going to get Gloria Hunniford on so she could crack out one mention of Bailey's Irish cream and talk about lonely people. First of all, it's got nothing to do with it. We don't want lonely, pe- lonely people turning to drink. <laughs> and, but they think the name, they think because it's Gloria Hunniford, they think, you know, yes, yeah. yes, they're going to want her. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, love. I'd rather have, you know, Pam from Froome than Gloria Hunniford. Yeah. You know, she's brilliant, but she's not about you know locals yeah yeah. that's so yeah that is so and I know I don't need to I know I don't need to tell you this um but absolutely when we talk to um companies and brands about local store you know and reaching local broadcasts that usually well the whole point you should be wanting to reach that station because it's relevant for those Hmm? yeah for that audience so you need to give that local angle otherwise you just yeah I mean they were you won't secure anything and you know and it's not of interest to to an audience i think we've everybody that listens to the radio or reads a magazine can sit there and think why is this 
you know, if they're mm. not plugging something local or not plugging, but, you know, and they're not talking about local story, you do think, why are they talking about this? Um, it, I don't it, understand. It's not yeah. got anything to do with me. So you need so you that set local new, angle. Yeah. Kitchen fitting business in, um, I don't know, Ilminster or Taunton, for example, or Bristol. Um, and you're looking to, you know, get some publicity for your new kitchen fitting business. And you, you know, you ring up and you're brilliant. You know, I'm, you know, I'm Pete, I'm Marie. We've run a kitchen fitting business. Is there any chance we could come on your show? Well, I'm sorry. No, because... That would just be an advert. If you want radio yeah. advertising, there are radio stations you can go to for radio advertising. However, if um, tomorrow a story comes out that there is such a shortage of kitchen fitters, there's a three-year wait to get your kitchen fitted, then of course I'm going to get you on. Because I'm yeah. there, oh, what, how long's your waiting list then, Marie? You know, or how long, Pete, how long are people waiting before you fit their ki-? Then, you know, so there needs to be an editorial reason for those kinds of interviews. Yeah. Um, just because you've brought out a, let's think about, I don't know, uh, I love chocolate, a chocolate factory, <laughs> and you brought out a new brand of chocolate. Well, that's not going to get you on the BBC. It really no. isn't because that would mm. be an advert. But, you know, if a story came up about chocolate or if, you know, um, something happened, you know, I've made the world's first, you know, fat free, it makes you lose weight chocolate bar I mean that's a really bad example because I think there are some that claim that and they don't um so but do you know what I mean you need a a hook rather than you know just a blatant advert because that's what commercial radio is for yeah oh absolutely and and we you know we often talk about as well like new I I don't know if you probably hate this term Emma but um news jacking we talk to to our clients about news jacking and that is exactly as you've just been talking about it's knowing what the news agenda is, yeah. knowing what's happening nationally and locally and jumping on it if it's relevant for you. Being able to, as you say, pick up the phone and say, Emma, the scotch egg situation. <laughs> um, I've got absolutely the perfect person for you to speak to. Yeah. And the, and you know, most of the time, journalists, are, as you say, you were looking for someone. So they'll jump yeah. on it because they're like, this is brilliant. This is relevant. We've got a great guest. And so it's important to keep on top of what's happening. And the next level from that would be, you know, either you as a business or your PR company as a business puts you forward for an interview. That is brilliant. However, the next level is we go back to where we started at the beginning of this episode. You've got to be a good guest. Yeah. So, um, you know, being a good guest is about, you know, um, not making it a blatant advert, you know? So yeah. I used to interview some people and literally they would put their company name at the end of every sentence. Oh, Emma, thanks for having you on the show. We're really all pleased that, you know, Emma Britton's tire company that you've allowed us to come on. Yeah. And um, we, you know, talking, we're really passionate about tires and, you know, here at Emma Britton's tire company, all we want to do is make sure that everyone is safe. It's like, no, don't do that. Cause that is a massive turn off. So yeah. when you've been given that opportunity, be that best guest. So don't advertise blatantly. Yeah. Um, don't be robotic, you know, don't talk like a robot. Um, yeah. because if you are too nervous to appear in a media interview, you really shouldn't. Yeah. Because it will make you look bad and it will reflect on your brand and on your product and service and your business. And then this is my number one top tip. Do not, please do not ever, ever, ever (laughs) write down what you're going to say and read it from a piece Uh, of paper like a robot I've stopped an interview before and I've said to someone I can't remember I won't say their name excuse me Brian are you reading from a script and he'll go 
you are. I can hear you're reading from script. Yeah. Just talk to me like a human being. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you, you know, if you're coming on to talk about, you know, your garden garden design business, because apparently, you know, we're all spending money on our gardens and, you know, people are spending thousands rather than going on holiday. We've got Pete on, he's got a garden design business. Um, if you then get a piece of paper and I can hear it and it'll go... Yes, well, I offer a high-quality design service, and it's all done by um, computer modelling. Pete, put the paper down. You love gardening. You're very good at it. You're very passionate. You're skilled. Mm. You're experienced. Talk to me, you know? And it's that being... That happens so many times. And it's it's, it's really sad because it's a missed opportunity. It is, and and you're so right. What you say, the most of the time, it's like you know your stuff. You don't need you do. a piece of paper. You know it. This is your business. This is your passion. This is your business. Just talk about it. You don't. You don't need to. I think it's also people worry about being polished and perfect, and you don't actually. People don't always buy into polished and perfect. They want someone that sounds human yeah. and you know come just says things in a natural way because as you say people don't talk like that do they they don't you don't in your natural day-to-day life have a conversation with someone and talk about the high quality level (laughs) of service that you can get from my kitchen when you come around for dinner you know you don't you don't get that do you so people it it doesn't feel right doesn't it? it doesn't sound right and people don't you know they don't relate to it and if you're writing press releases and I you know I know Jenny you and and your team at ADPR are the experts in this but you, you write in normal people language because um the mm. best example I ever had once from a council and councils are prone to speaking in jargon anyway but you know they send through a press release and say you know um uh, the such and such council is um starting a consultation on the frequency of the waste management service in <laughs> their residual <laughs> council areas which in normal people speak is they want to change what day of the week they collect your bins you know <laughs> so like why don't you say that because yeah you know the, the, some of the it's not about dumbing down it's about engaging people mm. and and that's why you know talk talk normally write normally you know be normal and I just wanted to whiz back to that whole um where people are worried about being caught out. I call mm. it um, Paxman syndrome. So <laughs> yeah. you're coming on to talk about, you know, your latest um, brand of shoes that you've designed and created, made from, you know, Somerset silkworms or whatever. Um, and people live in fear that the presenter's suddenly going to go and say, and what do you think about the crisis in Russia? You know, because yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> they think they're going to be Paxman, they're going to be put yeah. on the spot and asked about topics they're not there to talk about. Well, if they are, then shame on the interviewer because that's yeah. not, not okay. You're there to talk about your thing. If you're there to do a difficult interview, you will know you're there to do a difficult mm. interview, you know? Yeah. If you are thrown a curveball, there should be a very good reason why. And mm. if you are thrown a curveball, you very simply and honestly and openly say, I'm not in a position to answer that, or that's not, you know, what I'm here to talk about. You can do that. That's absolutely fine. You know, yeah. just because you've been given the opportunity to have an interview doesn't mean you can't be in control of what you say. Um, you're quite within your rights to do that. But people worry because they've seen so many p- historical examples of yeah you know, people being accosted, prime ministers being asked how much a pint of milk is, who cares, mm. you know, or people being, you know, what do you think about this? So yeah, that that's another yeah. thing. Try not to worry about that. Yeah, I think that's very good advice. And that's um, often what, 
what we say when we when we're giving advice on on interviews. It's you know they're not there. The interviewer isn't there to trip you up because often and again you'll know this anyway, Emma. But it it doesn't make for doesn't make good great radio. radio. No. <laughs> it doesn't. It makes me cringe. Oh. Yeah. And you know what? Over the years, I was accused of not being a hard enough interviewer. I wasn't tough enough. I didn't mm. tear strips off people enough. But I, I, I was a guest who became a contributor, who got a job answering the phones, who suddenly <laughs> got thrown on air when someone went sick one day, and then suddenly had a 10-year <laughs> broadcasting career. So, you know, I mean, I wasn't a trained journalist, but mm. I, that still didn't mean I couldn't get the best out of people. It still didn't yeah. mean I couldn't ask the difficult questions, but I'd like to think I did them in a respectful careful Mm. way rather than a you know malicious trying to get a viral sensation headline way that just wasn't how I operated yeah and as you say often um you're already prepared for what those difficult questions might might be you know you know you will know the subject of the interview you will not you will know what you're there for so you'll know if there are some tricky ones that they're going to have to ask you because it's naturally what the audience would ask yeah and again that's what it comes down to isn't it you're there asking the questions that the audience want to ask that's that's your role, isn't it? And to create those great stories. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, people have to, we always tell people that they're not there to trip you up. It doesn't make, it doesn't make great radio to trip you up. So no. it's, <laughs> so it's just, you know, just be prepared and yeah. And be yourself. And yeah, natural. definitely. Authenticity, I think is key. You know, I, I never worked in a truly commercial world, but you know, I'm a consumer and I I like authenticity, you know, and, and engagement and, you know, people who speak like human beings rather than robots. And, mm. and, I, and I think that makes more engaging radio. So be as honest as you would like to be. Be mindful of your brand, though, because obviously that's important to you and your business, your product, your service. Um, be mindful of that, but, you know, be authentic because if uh-huh. you had a shop front and customers were coming in, be the way you would be with your customers, you know? So yeah. um, I think that's really important rather than trying to be something because you found yourself in a position to have a, a radio interview, embrace those opportunities because they don't come around that often. Uh-huh. And it's, it's generally doesn't cost you anything apart from a little bit of your time. So the, you know, the possibilities think back to scotch Eggman. you know the possibilities <laughs> of that five minute appearance or probably even three minute appearance on a breakfast show led to increased sales for him anecdotally yeah. you know so uh, it might have been me buying them actually I, was a bit <laughs> yeah. I mean nice. I have written down um what's very interesting I must declare in the interest of honesty that um uh, um Last September, so 2021, so I'd been off the radio since the end of 2020, um, Peter, the Scotch Eggman, actually um, asked me to be the celebrant at his renewal of vows ceremony. Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) Him and his wife had been married for 20 years, so I conducted their renewal of vows ceremony. Oh, that's brilliant. It all started with a Scotch Egg being a substantial meal. Oh, there we go. There we go. (laughs) And I'm interested, I want to try to see if his his Scotch Eggs are substantial. Oh, they are. (laughs) I couldn't possibly well, say. <laughs> well, Emma, I think, you know, you've rounded off there some really nice final tips, I think. Do you have anything further you think we should be sharing? Or um, I think we've covered quite no, quite think, a lot already. 
Yeah, I think we have. I think, you know, um, you know your subject and that's why you will have been invited to do an interview. So whether you are, you know, the person behind the counter of the business or the chief executive or or anyone, you are there because you know your subject. You know way more probably than the interviewer. Now, I caveat that with if it's political, you know, if you're an MP or a member of the council, slightly different format, Mm -hmm. really, because you're, you know, that's public service and that's a little bit different. But for the kind of people, hopefully, listening to this you know podcast episode you know your stuff use that platform and who knows what it will bring in the future and it's just a great string to your bow maximize that opportunity don't be scared yeah you'll be nervous everyone's a little bit nervous Mm. when they go on the radio for the first time I did radio for 10 years and I was nervous every day but it was an excited nerve yeah good nerves good nerves um and you know one little final little tip And this comes from years and years and years of this happening to people. If you're going to appear on the radio, personally, I would not tell people about it until afterwards. Because if it goes wrong, then they don't need to know. If (laughs) you get dropped at the last minute, which can happen with a changing news agenda, then it's very embarrassing if you've told all your thousands of customers on your social media or your website that you're going on the radio and then you get, you know, dumped. Dumped, yeah. Um, But because of the joy of listen again and, you know, all that kind of thing, BBC Sounds or, you know, going back, Mm. um, when you've done a great interview, then shout about it. Yeah. And go, oh, I had this great opportunity. I just think I've seen so many people disappointed and I've been tagged into posts going, I'm really excited. I'm going to be on Emma Britton's show tomorrow. And then we have to drop them because, you know, the suspension bridge fell into the River Avon or something. It it didn't, by the way, but um, (laughs) and because of the moving agenda. And then it feels so awkward to let people down I used to I used to dread doing that because I knew they would have been awake all night worrying about it so yeah um, do it afterwards that's my final final tip oh that's a really good final tip and I think you know it's so true and it's it's that's the thing with with broadcast is it's it's never done until it's done you know you're never definitely on there until you've recorded and it's done and it's and it's broadcast so a great final tip thank you Emma and thank you so much for today um it's been really interesting and I've loved hearing your stories particularly about Scotch Eggman um (laughs) and it's made me very hungry he appears in this podcast episode (laughs) yes yeah yeah um but if anybody listening um if you're interested in speaking to emma um about hosting an event or being your celebrant um please do visit her i know we just talked about not giving necessarily plugs but i'm <laughs> going to plug emma's website so that's emmabreton.co.uk so please go and check her out um and see if she can be a celebrant for you or host one of your events um as always thank you so much for listening if you have any questions about today's podcast or if you have anything you want us to cover, please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. You can drop us a line at adpr.co.uk um, and we'll see you next time. 